Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. It's Rich Eisen. Yes, indeed. Hour number three of the Rich Eisen Show is on the air. 844-204-RICH. Number to dial. We'll take some of your phone calls before we close up shop today. We just spoke to Tyree Wilson, one of the top defensive players available in this year's NFL draft. That's eight days from now. I'll be there on the set for NFL Network at that time. Um, And Bucky Brooks, my colleague from the NFL Network, broke down his thoughts on the draft. Again, eight days prior to Kansas City being home to the latest NFL draft. Uh, but I turn to my right and welcome back here on the Rich Eisen Show along with Stephen Jackson, the co-host of a tremendous show and podcast, highly successful, All the Smokes, Matt Barnes here on the Rich Eisen Show. How are you doing, Matt? Good, Rich. Good to be back. I like your name tag. It's dope. Yep, I, need, I appreciate it. I need to get it. myself one. Uh, it's, uh, it says best dad ever. Yes, um, I, I love I, it. I, how many years in a row has this been? I think six years in a row. Uh, six it. Father's Days ago, I got this. There you go. Well, as you know, Mother's Day, they, they you know. They get everything. Everything. And I get, I got, uh, I think the price tag's still on the back here. <laughs> Kids didn't even take the price tag off. Uh, well, geez. Would you want to guess how much this costs? Uh, 9.99. No, sir. 25 bucks. What do you think? $27. What do you get? TJ Jefferson's the one who's been on the prices, right? Go for it. Close without going over. I'm going to say $25, Drew. Oh, it's $24.95. Oh, I'm so sorry. What? I'm so sorry. Well, if I was back on prices right, I would have dropped it down. That's well, ridiculous. You didn't actually win the showcase when you were on the prices right. Well, why so you got to bring up old stuff in front that. of Matt Barnes? I'm giving you, you all the I mean? smoke. <laughs> hey. Thank you very much. Matt Barnes is here. Uh, boy, there's a ton of, I guess, connective tissue between your pr- playing career and what we're seeing going playing out right now. Man. I mean, you know, I mean. Firsthand. Uh, yeah, pretty much. I mean, you were on the last Warriors team to be down 0-2 in the playoffs. Yes, 0-7. Uh, you were on uh, uh, the Kings teams that used to make the playoffs prior to this one. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. And Mike Brown was the coach uh, of Lakers the Lakers team. and Golden State. Remember, because Steve Kerr had some back issues. That's so right. So he coached a little bit during that 17 championship That's run. Right. And obviously you were on the, la- the, mm-hmm. the your last championship mm-hmm. ring was with the Warriors. Mm-hmm. So there's lots. Yeah. You know, there's lots, lots of you to on. connect. Lots going on. So, but let's just jump into the uh, Draymond Green, who's been suspended for game three. What, what can you help us compute? Uh, a I lot think, of NFL fan, uh, NBA fans can help us compute I think here? this is a reputation suspension. Um, and I was some guy who had a reputation and, and, you know, I remember why I would push someone and get a two game suspension. I'm like, I pushed them and they're like, well, you have a bad reputation. I'm just like, oh, okay, that's how that kind of works. So, you know, obviously I was there, I was calling the game that night. Um, first and foremost, I think it's no mystery. Sabonis shouldn't have grabbed his foot. Right. Um, how you react when someone grabs your foot, only, you know, in that moment, I don't know if there's anything else he could have did. Uh, he chose to do what he did and I knew that would obviously raised a lot of eyebrows because it's him. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think maybe some of the antics 
while they were looking at the tape and him running over and clapping and getting into it with the crowd. And if, if, if I'm understanding too, uh, Mr. Silver was in the crowd that night too. So I think the flagrant two should have been enough. I don't think he should have been suspended for this game. But again, I think this is a reputation suspension. Well, I mean, my thought again is, as you just pointed out too, Matt, is, you know, you never know what you're going to do until your, your, yeah. your, your ankle is grabbed. Right. Um, and so, but to me, Draymond's been around enough to know as a matter of fact, just if I'm not mistaken, two possessions before he got a reputational foul called on him mm-hmm. that Kerr challenged and got mm-hmm. overturned. Yeah, and so he knows that yeah. these that kind of put should have put him yeah. on notice. And if he had played the victim in the moment, right? And and I know victim is a very it's an infused word, <laughs> but if he had just went down like a ton of bricks because Sabonis had grabbed him. Sabonis yeah. would have gotten the flagrant. Yeah. The the Warriors would have kept the possession they had just mm-hmm. earned in a one possession game. Mm-hmm. Instead he he stomped yeah. on him. And, you and, know? and, and my, my thing I mean, obviously Draymond is a is a, is a friend of mine, a brother yes. of mine, and so help us help 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 it's us. Hard. Out it, it, it's kind of hard to navigate this from a standpoint of again, he's great at kind of mucking stuff up. You know what I mean? And that doesn't take away from his talent, but he's just always been able to live on that edge and sometimes cross it. And that's been his biggest gift. And to me, sometimes his biggest curse because he is so instrumental to that team. And it's, again, it's not always the numbers that are going to jump off the page to you. I mean, I think he had 11 assists in game one, which is huge for a center or a power forward, but it's the little things he does and, and, and the glue guy and, and be able to switch on anybody and, and, and keep him in front. And, you know, obviously I, it could have possibly been a different outcome if he didn't get kicked out of that game, you know? So uh, in the moment we, you know, we want to look, at the big picture, like, come on, Draymond, you should have known better. But in the moment, uh, in a rowdy environment, um, his emotions got the best of him. And, and again, it's unfortunate. I, and, and I think it should have only been for that game. Yes. The NBA chose otherwise. And now they're at a huge disadvantage going home 0-2 without him. So then, uh, again, I'll, one last um, attempt at having you speak for another human being <laughs> who you care about. Uh, and right. and I, I'm, you know, flat right. out going to, you know, start – this question with that admission. Um, do you think there's part of him that is regretting that he's not going to play Absolutely. in this game? 1,000%. 1,000%. Uh, because he knows how important he is to the team, and he knows how important this game is. I mean, look, the Kings had a great season this year, but everyone wanted to know if it was real. Everyone like, okay, we want to play that three seed. You know, everyone yes. was talking about we want to play them. Yes. And now, you know, the Warriors are in a series with a team that doesn't have very much experience but is hungry. You know, I mean, I, I again, I, I'm calling all their games, and you know, game two to me, the Warrior or the excuse me, the Kings came out like they were the team that lost game one. Yes, they were faster to the punch, they were more aggressive, they were getting downhill, they were playing harder. Um, and then again, obviously, the Warriors have a ton of experience, so this this series is far from over. Uh, you know, if Golden State handles business at home, you know, Sacramento just has to win at home to finish the series out. So it's going to be really interesting. But you never want to put yourself in a in a situation where you're going to be at a disadvantage, um, and it has, doesn't have to do with injury. No, you know, you're at a disadvantage now because you made a bad decision. Um, so that's definitely going to hurt their team. But, you know, again, you know, Golden State has a ton of championship experience and yes. pedigree. They've been down in the past, and we're going to have to see what this team is about. So n- knowing them as well as you do and calling the games, what are they thinking right now, do you think? <sighs> I think they need to get, find a way to get Jordan Poole playing better. Uh, he's a liability out there. He scored Defensively, seven. is he a liability? At the, uh, de- uh, every time on the defensive end, Sacramento sets enough screens of the he's guarding the person with the ball. So that's first and foremost. But then I just think two shot selections sometimes and then being really too loose with the ball. Mm-hmm. I think the, the the Warriors' turnovers are kind of their Achilles heel, and they have been the entire season. And you'll accept it from Steph because Steph is Steph. 
but you can't have Jordan Poole coming out there and just throwing the ball around the court, understanding the importance of every single possession. Um, you know, he got a huge contract, and a lot of responsibility comes with that. You know, he had 17 in the first game, but only four in the second game. And they need him to step up and be that 20-point. And he doesn't have to play above what he's been doing. He just has to play what he's been doing. I think he needs to be in that 18 to 22 range, you know, for them to have a chance because Sacramento is hungry, and, and, and they see blood in the water, and they want to prove everyone wrong because everyone thought, you know, they were the three seed, but they were – they were the underdogs coming into this series. Right. So, you know, they got a little chip on their shoulder. Well, and that's why I started yesterday's show. Obviously, when Draymond Green is ever involved in anything in a game as significant as the one he was in, playing in, you know, we in the media will just talk about Draymond Green nonstop, mm-hmm. certainly when he's, you know, on the defending champions as right. well. But I, that's why I want to start. I started yesterday's show talking about the Sacramento Kings. Yeah, it overshadows. I think Charles, not to cut you off, Charles no, said that too. It, it's overshadowing, you know, how good the Kings have been playing. Yeah. I mean, so because I, I was saying this, and you can help us out on the subject matter. Matt Barnes here on the Rich Eisen Show is name me another player in the NBA who's faster with his first step, faster to the rim, with a deadly outside shot, and is also as brash and not know what he doesn't know right now as De'Aaron Fox. This clutch player of the year, you know, the first, right. the first, first recipient of the war award, and you know, to start, I started doing stuff with Sacramento last year, and and, and always saw his talent. He yes, can, he's been able to score with the best of them since he's, you know, since we've known him about him at Kentucky. But I think this year's where he took the jump from a standpoint of leadership, understanding if you're that fast with the ball, you could be that fast on defense. So he stepped up on the defensive end, and then also the ability to have the ball in your hands so much, set plays up, set your players up, understanding that. If I get Herter going, if I get Monk going, if I get Keegan Murray open, the court's going to wide. It's going to be wide open for me. Yes. And now I have one of the best duels with Sabonis, and they've just really found their chemistry. So as an individual, um, his game has t- took tremendous strides, and it's not necessarily on the scoring side. He's always been able to score with the best of them, but I think he's become a complete player now. He see he competes on the defensive end. He gets his teammates involved, and he's that vocal leader I feel like this team has lacked in the last handful of years. What has Mike Brown brought to the equation? Do you think? Everything. Belief. I think he set a foundation for this team. This team was directionless, leaderless organization. I can say, with all due respect, I can say the same thing kind of about the organization. And, you know, you've got to give credit to Vivek and then, you know, hiring the right management and trusting mm-hmm. in Monty McNair and his, his crew. And then, you know, hiring Mike Brown. We had Mike Brown my second year with the Lakers after Philly retired. And it was just a night and day and it was a train wreck. It just didn't work. Different philosophies, different styles, different approaches. But I think Mike went to Golden State and honed his skills and learned a lot and couldn't have been a better hire for this team. I mean, obviously, he's a defensive-minded guy, but he you know, he took that offense and, and took it to the next level in Sacramento. But the one thing I knew early in this season when the Kings started doing well and you'd hear the players talk, they would always say something about Mike. And as a player, I knew, okay, they've bought into Mike and they believe in Mike and they're going to go wherever Mike will take them. And Mike understands that. And he's done a great job with this young group. Matt Barnes here uh, on the Rich Eisen Show. Everybody should check out uh, all the smoke, uh, obviously, through Showtime and where all podcasts can be acquired. He and Steven Jackson with a hugely popular show uh, right here on the Rich Eisen Show. And we'll get to uh, some of the stories that you you and uh, Steven have gotten out of your tremendous guests uh, mm-hmm. shortly here on the program. Which team, though, do you think is the best right now? In the, in, in the whole playoffs? In the whole shooting match. That's tough, man. I think, I think the West is wide open. I think because of Morant's injury, because the, the, the Nuggets think, can be had the way the I Lakers are playing. See, when I coming into this, I thought that the top three seeds were top three seeds were susceptible. Uh, Denver hasn't proven it to me personally. Mm-hmm. 
Memphis is young and they have a lot of outside noise. And during the you, that's you can slide with that during the regular season. During the playoffs, you got to be locked in. And then Sacramento is inexperienced. Um, so I even thought before the Morant injury that they were going to have their hands full with the Lakers because of the lack of depth on that front line. They lose Brandon Clark. They lose Stephen Adams. Uh, Triple J, Defensive Player of the Year, shout out to him, but he gets in foul trouble sometimes. Yes, so he does. So if AD gets him in foul trouble, who's going to be down on that front line? So I thought they were going to have their hands full in the first place. So the Clippers, if they had Paul George, who's to say with this? this they could be up to nothing right now. I love right. the way the uh, rest book has been playing. Kawhi is showing people why he rests during the regular season. <laughs> because he's a monster <laughs> in the playoffs. I mean, arguably, I heard the man back here, TJ, yeah. say that there's no question he's a top five player, and, I, and he's not five. Um, when he's on the court, there's not too many people better than him, both sides, uh, the way he affects the game. Um, this Kings team, you know, you just got to get hot at the right time in the playoffs, and they have a lot of belief in themselves right now. So the West, who knows? And then the East is interesting from a standpoint of, I, don't, I, I think Giannis, whether he plays tonight or not, they're going to get through this series, but a lingering back issue going forward throughout mm-hmm. these playoffs, as we all know, it's only going to get tougher. So then you turn you turn your head to Boston, and Boston is is tough, and, and they've been there last year, and they felt like they should have won last year. They go through a bunch of crazy stuff with their coach in the offseason. New coach comes in, does his thing. I think Robert Williams is going to be a big part of their success um, moving forward. They're going to need him to be healthy. They're going to need him to get minutes. And so, lean, lean on Embiid? I say all that to say... I don't know, and and I think that's what makes it great. You know, normally we're you know we know who is gonna be there, who's gonna win, and 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 I think the Eastern Conference might be a little bit easier to guess. With all due respect to, I think there's three teams there. I think it's Milwaukee, Boston, and and Philly in that order. But to me, Boston can leapfrog if Giannis is not 100. percent And then the West is wide open. It's whoever stays healthy and whoever gets hot. Whoever stays healthy and whoever gets hot. <laughs> um, at the end of uh, last night's Suns Clippers game, did you see? Paul and Kawhi sort of bump shoulders yeah. without making eye contact. I like it. Would you want to? Can you can you decipher that? Can you <laughs> no, interpret I mean, that moment for me? What it's was that playoff moment? basketball. You know, what I mean, in, in Rich, I came in in the early two thousand where it wasn't about buddy buddy being friends. You know what I mean? If we would have seen this back in the late nineties or eighties, like we wouldn't even cared. They could have been you know some punches thrown after that. But I think that everyone is so buddy buddy now that when people are about their business, like both of those 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 men are. It's a big deal. Like, no, they bump each other. They don't have to say hi. They don't have to acknowledge each other. Like, they're going to war right now and, and may the best team win. And then you also see someone like Russ and KD kind of somewhat get into it after during the game, and then after the game they dap each other up. So you just never really know what guys' minds are. Um, but if we're if, – if my homeboy's on that other team and we're going to war against each other, I'm fine with not talking to him the entire series. Did you like, do that when you played? Yeah. It's, yeah like I said, I'm, I'm, we could be very cool – after the game, after the series, but you know we want to win right now, and I think that's all it was. I don't, I don't think those guys hate each other. I'm, I'm talking about Kawhi and, mm-hmm. and Chris, but I know they both want to win. Was Kobe that way with his teammates? Too? Absolutely. You said with his teammates <laughs> too. Yeah. What yeah. so I mean? You, you don't. Yeah, you don't bring it, and he won't even say he'll just stare at you, what or, do you mean? or not say nothing to you. What like do you if, mean? if you're not bringing it, you know about the the, the Mamba stare. You know what I mean? Or just that that he, he, he you know he'll burn a hole through you with his eyes you know what I mean he never really had to burn the hole through me because I was always with it but there were some other teammates that you know that wouldn't play up to their abilities or or, or, or he felt were scared or, or had bad games and he would give you that look but that look was enough to snap you out of whatever bs you were in and <laughs> be ready to go the next game <laughs> but you were never on the business end of the monster no 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 we were no we were we were, we were on the same page I mean Cole was my guy he knew I was ready to run through a wall so 
My gosh. And again, you were on his final playoff team, by the way. Never made it back to the playoffs after that 2011, 2012 mm-hmm. team. And you got to respect that, too, in the day and age where, you know, one thing when Kobe used to talk was, I want to sit at the table with MJ, meaning he wanted that sixth ring. Mm-hmm. So we live in a, a league now where guys are jumping around. But the one thing I respected about Kobe was, you know, he literally rode that ship until it sunk and he rode his body until it nearly fell apart. Um, and then gave us, you know, one last 60 piece on his way out. That's and, right. And said, what a night that was. Right. And then, yeah, um, that, that, that Laker team, I, I wrote it down here. You lost in four games. I mean, pardon me. You lost in, uh, in that series to Oklahoma, Oklahoma City, City mm-hmm. which was Russ, Durant, and Harden is Harden. the sixth man. Yeah, Perk. I think they had Big Perk. They had uh, Serge oh, Ibaka. They had a good team. Man, oh, man. Yep, back in that day. Lost in five in round two to that yep. team. And Durant's now playing, Russ. And Harden's in Philadelphia. Unbelievable. Yep. I, I, I would like to take a break. I want to come yep. back and talk about your show and mm-hmm. about and stuff that you're you're doing right now yeah. and go down a little bit more memory lane with you. Let's do it. Uh, let's do it. Matt Barnes is here bringing all the smoke, or at least half of it, right here uh, on this edition of the Rich Eisen Show. Don't you dare move. Back with Matt and more in a moment. Let's talk O'Reilly Auto Parts, people. They're in the business of keeping your car on the road. And I should know, they kept my car on the road, and they do it with a smile on their face. They offer friendly service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. And that comes in so welcome when your car needs to be put back together, and they do it with a smile so you know you're being taken care of. They got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. And guess what? You should not miss Power Torque Tools DIY days at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Power Torque hand tools come in with a lifetime guarantee. And right now, you can save big on Power Torque hand tools, power tools, jacks, and more. Get great deals on a wide range of Power Torque jacks and jack stands, including two-ton jack stands and up to three-and-a-half-ton floor jacks. Let the professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts help you find the right power torque tools for your next DIY project. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Matt Barnes is here. All the smoke with you and Steven Jackson. Um, now you're in year four. Of year it, four, right? yeah, season four. Year four, and Showtime's putting your stuff on TV. Yes. And um, you're enjoying it, having a blast? Man, Rich, it's been amazing. Um, just the opportunity to have this platform um, has, has been a blessing. But then I think the caliber of guests, you know, I was telling you before we started, we had a, a six-week run where we had Matthew Johnson, Charles Barkley, and finished it off with Isaiah Thomas. And then right before Magic, we had Will Smith. So it's, you know, the ability to, you know, have a chance to sit down with people you grew up idolizing or, yeah. or, or former teammates. And my goal with that show is always creating a, an environment where they feel comfortable yes. and, and humanizing these guys. Like, we know why Steph is a great shooter, but what is he like off the court or KD or Magic or any of these people, Charles, 
I always want to show the fan base the other side of the people they love. And we've been pretty successful at doing that, man. So, yeah, shout out Jack and, and Showtime and everyone else behind the scenes that uh, makes it go. So who do you want on? Who do you and Steven want on that you haven't had on? You <sighs> wave a wand and they're, they're, they're amongst the smoke with you. I would say like a Jay-Z, a Dr. Dre. My whole goal with, 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 with this stuff is I want to transition into mainstream media. Like, I love sports to death, but I well, want to talk. I see you on ESPN all yeah, the time. So. But I'm talking about, like, outside of sports. I got you. Just media in general. Um, you know, Michael Strahan kind of path. So I just like talking to all different kinds of people from different walks of life, different genres, different ethnicities, and just really talking about life. So, But if I had to choose one or two guys, it would probably be Jay-Z and, and, and Dr. Dre or, or maybe a Jimmy Iovine. I saw Jimmy last night. Can't Yeah, can't Snoop help you with that, too? Yeah, but those guys are busy. Like it's it's it's, it's a thing where I kind of have to grab them. Um, so yeah, maybe one but, day. But you're Matt Barnes. Yeah, but they're they're they're. Uh, I'm, I'm 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 trying to climb. I'm down now. there. Come on now. I mean, you can get these guys. I'm sure. We got to get you. Well, so got to get you. Yes, I would there be. I, now you said that the last time you were here. Uh, Jack might have said that. One. I don't said that. Jack might have said that. But <laughs> wait, I wouldn't get you there. Don't put that one on me. That might have been Jack that said that. I don't know. I mean, that was when <laughs> you guys were on here to promote season one. That was the first. That was the you're beginning. now in season four. You are. You're, you know, you're now. And you're, you're not even far from us. Now you're on pay cable, and you know, now you're on my old haunt on ESPN. And now I'm glad that you're back. I'm glad Thank that you. you're here. Happy to be here. Yeah. Yeah. Likewise. Uh, you just had uh, white chocolate on as yeah. well, Jason Williams. We what's did a he, live what's show. What's he up to? Jay is man. He's traveling the world, and 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 people are still loving him. And it, it was weird because he was so surprised by that. You know what I mean? I think he was such Why? a he was so incredibly cultural popular. icon, and 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 a, and, a, and a true crossover. When you talk about a crossover, you know, with the name White Chocolate, he yes. was accepted <laughs> everywhere he went. He was accepted. Uh, right. But we were able to get him out to sack uh, because I for all the smoke, I knew how. Although he played three years, I knew how much the Kings fans still loved him. And, and you know, they when I tell you he, he was there for game one, you would have thought that the Beatles walked in the arena. Like, they went crazy when they saw Jay Will. And he was kind of surprised. And it was it's funny. We talked about it. And I said, why? Like, why are you so surprised? Um, but he's traveling the world. You know, he just got back from the Philippines. And he's doing fantasy camps and, and, and still just, you know, Getting, a lot, getting paid good money to do basketball what things. What the hell was that like in that arena and then outside the Unbelievable. arena after, after they won game one Unbelievable. in Sacramento? I've been fortunate enough. You know, I've, I caught Arco Arena with the Western Finals with the Lakers-Kings yeah. as a fan, and that was insane. I was at Oracle in 07 when we beat Dallas, and, and Steve Kerr was commentating the game. Yeah. And he said, to this day, when I had him on my show, I had never heard a louder crowd than when you guys beat Dallas. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, fast forward, lucky enough to be in Golden 1 uh, for Game 1 with the Warriors and the Kings. And, Rich, that might have been the loudest environment I've ever been in. From <laughs> Seriously. So I did, I did some morning media. like at night, I did morning media like 8.45, get done by 9, and I'm staying at the hotel that's connected to the arena. So I'm walking back through. Yeah. 9 o'clock in the morning. Kings fan painted in purple paint. Not body paint, purple paint drinking at nine in the morning i'm like oh they're gonna go it's gonna be a nut nut house tonight brad miller hits me up earlier that day hey we're gonna be pre-partying at one o'clock at yes. the punch bowl I'm like brad the game's not till 5 30 i gotta work <laughs> oh you're lost you know people are just out there going that it's been 16 years yeah and i know how important winning basketball is to that that, that town the economy goes with you know with the kings so you know I'm, I'm really happy for the city that they're back in the mix and 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 have a good showing thus far yeah and so um, I know we were talking Kobe before um, about 
you know, the the Mamba stare to his teammates. What was the first time you met Kobe? I got a chance to meet Kobe when I went to UCLA. Okay. So Kobe came to the Lakers in 96, if I'm not mistaken. I yes. got to the uh, UCLA in 98. And from everything I've heard, you know, there wasn't very much synergy early on with him, with his teammates, because he was so young. So he was always on campus at UCLA, always eating, walking around. He would work out in poly. Um, so maybe, would, maybe he was missing the, the college experience. Maybe, yeah, he was maybe passing seeing what it was like in, yeah, in LA. In UCLA, is no slouch, you know. So he was yes. on our campus, uh, kind of enjoying uh, <laughs> somewhat of the college life. And mm, I yes. remember I would sneak back into Polly and watch him train. I'm just like, God, this dude is incredible. I remember one time, I don't remember what season was, but he broke his right hand, um, and he was in there with the cast doing everything. Remember the season he came back and he was shooting a lot of left-handed stuff. Like, how is he making this? I literally seen Kobe go through an entire workout with his right hand casted up, but him shooting and dribbling and playing like he was a left-handed player. And it was just like, what the hell? Mm-hmm. So I got a chance to meet him early on. I uh, was just a fan. I wouldn't even say it was a friendship. We, it, we Every time we saw each other, it was, it was up. And got a chance to obviously make the NBA and just knew that I wanted to guard him. So it was just a mutual respect back and forth that it kind of culminated with the ball fake in Orlando in 2009, the 2009-10 season. Yeah, They ended up winning a championship that year. We lose to the Celtics in the Eastern Finals, um, and, I, and I'm a free agent. And I get a phone call from him, and don't know how he got my number, didn't believe it was him when he first called, and, you know, started talking about what I'm going to do, and, you know, told me any, if anyone's crazy enough to F with me, it's crazy enough to play with me. If you want to be a Laker, I'm like, Hell yeah. And like four days later, I was a Laker. Kobe Bryant cold wow. called you. Cold called. Like I didn't even have his number saved. I don't even answer my phone when I see the name. I just, for some reason, I answered this California number when I was in Orlando. And it happened to be him. And he said, you, unbeknownst to you, kind of sold yourself because you were crazy with him. Ain't enough crazy enough to F with me. is crazy enough how to play you, with me. Well, I mean, I can assume. How did you F with Kobe? We're just, it was just always a battle. And then, you know, that was the ball fake. In Orlando yeah, that sure. year, but mm-hmm. it was just a back and forth game where you know Kobe was. I always tell people, Kobe, obviously you, we, the physical display was on every single night, and but the mental side was the side I got to know and love. And he was a sicko, and he would do everything he could to get that advantage. And him being Kobe, they weren't going to call much of it, so he would elbow you, grab you, pretty much do whatever he want to you. Mm-hmm. And um, I was just fed up, and I was ready to fight. It's funny we talked. So we had it. We did his last interview as well. Mm-hmm. It was supposed to be a two part interview because we only got like forty minutes with him. Uh, but we talked about that time, right? You know, I said, I said, forget, I was ready to fight you that night. You know what I mean? And the ball fake happened. But I guess he just liked that fire because you got to think the year before him and Ron and Tess got into it, so he went and got Ron. And then the following year, he got into it with me, so he went and got me. So there was a times where me, Kobe, and Ron would be on the floor at the same time. So we obviously wanted him to save his energy for offense and let me and Ryan handle all the dirt. Mm-hmm. But if someone would score two or three points on us, or you know, a couple buckets on us get out the way I got him. Like he would be fighting with me and Ron because he wanted to guard Mm -hmm. the best player, but we wanted to guard the best player so he could save all his energy for offense. So just the ultimate competitor, um, you know, went from a a, a, a mutual respect to teammates to a brotherhood where we would, you know, Kobe used to come to, you know, my kids were two years younger than Gianna. We would both be coaching uh, AAU and, you know, we would talk the night before tournament. Hey, what time you play? We'd play sometimes two hours before they would play and he would come watch my twins play. And they're only like eight or nine years old. So it's not like they're going to see any kind of breathtaking basketball, but the fact that he would come to a tournament mm. two hours before to watch my kids just really meant a lot. He would always send them the newest shoes. Their team would always get the newest shoes. And 
we just really grew from, you know, an altercation that happened in the game. Unbelievable. What a story, Matt Barnes. Yeah. And, and, he, and we we on this show interviewed him, I think, about a month before you, mm. you got mm -hmm. him to sit down his final interview. Mm -hmm. And um, this is after LeBron had had arrived here in L.A. and there was rumor that maybe he's going to come back and play with LeBron, right? <laughs> and he said there was zero yeah. chance he would do that and kind of was offended that, so, okay, I only know how to play basketball, huh? And he'd already gotten his Oscar in the case, you know, and he was, like, trying for the EGOT. Yeah. He, was, he wanted to get an Emmy. He wanted to get a Tony. In the same way that you're talking about, you want to do mm -hmm. more than just sports. Mm -hmm. I, I, you know, did he, was he, were you able ever to receive the praise from him about what you've become and what oh, you're he becoming. Loved it. He, he gave it, I'd imagine he gave it to us on the show. He just, I would have never thought you two, <laughs> I <never laughs> thought you two would have been doing what you're doing. But you know, it's funny what you said about the basketball thing, because he was so adamant. I remember we, so we, before we got the interview, we went in his office and he was finishing this novel. He was writing, which he was writing these children novels down in orange County. Right. And he was yeah. telling us, he's just like, you know, forget basketball. He's like, you're Kobe. No one's ever forget basketball. He's like, no, he's like, I want to be known like these next 20 years. I want to be known for what I do these next 20 years, right. not the last 20 years. So he was adamant about basketball was, yes, I am who I am. And I did what I did. But wait till you see what I'm about to do on this business side. And I wholeheartedly believed it. I mean, he was, you know, he had a fund and he was writing books and he was winning awards for yeah. content. And, and, and I have no doubt with the mindset because, you know, as athletes, we're, we're, we're disciplined to handle our business. And, and, you know, I've been blessed to now, instead of getting up at 6 a.m. to go hit the track of the weight room, I get up at 6 a.m. And, and get on an email. You know what I mean? So I just think our natural discipline to be great in something, if you apply yourself, is there. And, you know, that was something that I learned from him. It's just like, you know, just take that same discipline that you had in sports and apply it to the business world and you'll be fine. Yeah, he doesn't flinch, right? No, he didn't. Okay. One, of the, one of the very few. Pretty much. What did you think when he didn't flinch? That he's crazy just like me. <laughs> did you ever ask him why he didn't flinch? Or he no, just, I just, it was, I, I, yeah, what's understood doesn't have to be explained. I just knew he was wired different, just like, kind of like I was. Wired different. Matt Barnes here uh, on the Rich Eisen Show. Again, all the smoke every Thursday, correct? Um, yep. And how do you like in, uh, you know, the world of punditry on ESPN, where <sighs> you're just chopping it up? It's fun. You know, I mean, I just, you know, my, my goal right now is to be in on as many quality platforms as possible. That's one. Until I find one that just will wipe the rest of them out, you know, with my ultimate plan of, you know, either doing daytime talk or, 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 or mainstream media. So in the meantime, I'm, I'm having a blast doing ESPN. Thankful to be there. NBC Bay Area with the Kings. Yeah. Showtime with um, all the smoke. Right. And, and ESPN. So it's, been fun man to ever think that you know i was a role player there was no qualms i wasn't trying to be a star I wasn't a star i was a role player but the the ability that i've had to move post-career you would think that i was a eight-time all-star and, and and one of those guys and i just think because I've, I've been authentic i've been myself i've been real and i and i and i try to speak the truth for the most part and uh that's gotten me a long way post-career it'll be six years in june since i've been done damn Unbelievable. So before I let you go, just a couple of more paparazzi questions, I guess. Who's, <laughs> who's your MVP? Embiid. 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 You did not stutter. Oh, you. by the way, TJ, who uh, he's the uh, Clipper Sixer fan of okay. this organization. <laughs> okay. Um, 
Yeah, I know. Yeah. I feel the same way too. I don't disagree go. with it, what Giannis yeah. said, I think about two weeks ago, that he felt like he should be the MVP of the last five years. I don't disagree because I think there's a handful of guys every year. I think Embiid could have won, and this is all due respect with Joker, could have won either one of the last two MVPs. Mm -hmm. I think there's a handful of guys that can always be in that mix, uh, but they're all European or, or, or foreign players now that are kind of dominating uh, these big awards. But I just think Embiid's ability not only on the offensive end but his ability to change shots and rebound and, and, and block shots on the defensive end um he's incredible i wish i, I would have loved to see him play when there, it was a center league and when i first came in the league in the early 2000s the uh -huh. rule was it had to go inside out like we could never just come down the floor and shoot a three-point shot right that wasn't the game it had to go inside out. i would have loved to see how he faced up night in night out against the shacks and david robinson and tim duncans and you know Elijah Wands and, and those kind of guys because yeah. I feel like his skill set is up there. Yeah. And I just would like to see night to night bump against those those kind of guys. That would have been great. Yeah, that would have been great. He is kind of like that throwback yeah. when you think about that. And I guess Wembayama is going to yeah. come very soon and yeah. add his name from the foreigner mix coming in. He's going to have to gain some weight. But yeah, I, I love that this guy, I mean, this guy's shooting one legged three point shots and he's seven and foot. And following that video of him following, following up his three? Tip, incredible. I just love that it's really it, it's the growth of the game has has been tremendous, and I think that the purists hate that there's no defense, but I think the game has grown because it's so offensive oriented now, and that's fun to see. You don't want to see Detroit lock someone up yeah. in the, the final score ninety two eighty nine. You want to see fireworks. My 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 twelve year old, uh, we for his birthday we we took him and a bunch of his friends to uh, a game. It was the Clippers-Kings game. Oh, the high-scoring game in history. That went into double overtime. And if you've never seen a 12-year-old happy. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing like it. Wait till they go into double overtime for a game that's going to end like 178, yeah. 174. Yeah. I mean, yeah. uh, and that was that was wild. Yeah. That was an unbelievable night. Um, so I guess last one for you is what, what would you do, Matt Barnes, to, to fix the back-to-back sit-downs and the load management and anything like that? Because, again, some some kids, you know, Cleveland Cavalier fans, for instance, uh, Luca, Steph, Kawhi, all got load managed in their one trips mm, to Cleveland. That's tough. You know, so I'm just throwing it out there. Is, <sighs> is there a fix to this? The only thing I could think is shorten the season. But then that would shorten money and that would shorten TV. Like it, it, Just saying that sounds logical, but there's a lot that goes into play. But it's unfortunate. You know, it, it's a different game. And people get mad at it. Um, you can get mad at it. I mean, I remember playing in the league. It was a pride. Of, it was a badge of honor to play 82 plus the playoffs. Well, then I guess the, my my question for you would be because right now it does seem like the players are begging out. Hey, got to manage my load. But isn't it just somebody in August and you know September coming up with looking at the schedule, saying these are the days that they're going to sit, come heck or high Ooh. water, they're going to sit. Is, isn't so that? These, oh, that I mean, that I never thought I mean? of that. That could. That's what just I'm thinking. Heads up. Cities that we're coming to, we're not gonna. That, that would be. That's fair. I, I, that's what I'm hearing. That these decisions are not that's made. Fair. Like the, it's not like Clay or Kawhi mm -hmm. is coming and saying, you know what, uh, mm. you know, you know, you need to manage my load. Most you of the time, yeah. Most of the time, it's so, it's, it's out of their hands with right. all the little technology that they're doing. That's what I'm saying. You know, I think you, you you thank Pop for this. You know, I mean, he started doing this with San Antonio. He's the he's the yeah. father of load management. Yeah, yeah he started doing it with San Antonio when it was getting. I mean, he had a, his team knew his team was coming to an end of a run, so he wanted to make sure that they were as fresh as they could be for the playoffs. And but then on the flip side, you look at it. As much as we wanted to see Kawhi this year, Kawhi's been the best player in the playoffs this year, in my opinion. That's right, TJ. <laughs> he's averaging like thirty-five a game. 
He's making KD's life hell every single night. Like the payoff for the organization, I understand now. You Thank know what you, I mean? If, if you're going to be able to come out and give me that kind of effort every single night, you're playing over 40 minutes a night. I guess we just got to wait till the playoffs to, to, to see our <laughs> guys I guess, play. I guess their answer, because I have been complaining about that uh, for much of the season, um, the answer would be, well, you know, even the load managing might have cost us being a top four a seed, seed yeah. but guess who's got home court advantage now, right now, in, in, in that actual series Clippers. for the rest? That's right. Mm-hmm. I, was, I was trying to tell you that in November, Rich, but you didn't want to listen to me. But you no, know, I, I listen. Now I got to you. Matt Barnes on well, the side. No, so, I, 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 I hear you. It's tough it's because, like you said, listen, you weren't listening. Because obviously, you know, the price of a ticket has gone up, and you're in some of these smaller cities where to see Steph play, to see LeBron play, to see KD play, Luca play will make your year. And they come, and you find out the day of after you paid seven hundred dollars for three people to go to the game that your favorite player is not playing. So I completely get. That side, and, and not to bring up Kobe again, but that was Kobe's thing. He's just like, I never know. This could be this kid's only chance to see me play. I remember him clear as day saying that. So it's just a different game, unfortunately, uh, from a fan standpoint. But then on the flip side, you see the business side, and, and these guys are making a ton of money. And the most important thing in this, the year is the playoffs. So Well, I appreciate you coming in, uh, Matt. I was thrilled to hear that you were in town and coming in because yeah. I know you're all over the place. It's been too long. Yeah. Uh, I, Come you, out whenever you need me. I'm, I'm, I'm back. Serious. And, I'm serious. And I'm, I want to get – I remember I want to get out there and putt with you guys one day. If you're doing a golf segment, let me know. I'm, 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 I got my golf okay. together now. Okay. So. We, we got it. Absolutely. We're, we're, I'm willing to have you as much as you're willing to, to be had. Sounds good. And then, you know, um, again – I don't know if it was Steven Jackson who said you should come on. Well, you're then... hearing it from me now, and oh. I, I want to say I think we're shooting in L.A. again in in May. Happy to do so it. So I'll we'll connect numbers well, and uh, make. Yeah, it let's happen. do it. If if you had white chocolate, you might as well have a white marshmallow on. <laughs> <laughs> they go hand in hand. Well, What's wrong with you? I like to think so. It's all one big fun dessert. Uh, congrats on everything going on. With Thank you. you. Matt Barnes is here on the Rich Eisen Show again. Tua Tungo Vailoa has spoken. We will. Hit that play button for you on that soundbite. It's fascinating. That's next. This is The Rich Eisen Show. Just Capital is a nonprofit that tracks which companies are a force for good. Companies like Bank of America, which just earned the Just Capital seal. Bank of America is ranked number one for ongoing commitment to their workers with initiatives like Sharing Success, which awarded 97% of their teammates additional compensation, nearly all in stock. This is the program's seventh consecutive year, awarding more than $4.8 billion in total. Visit JustCapital.com to learn how a just business is a better business. Furnished by Just Capital. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit get 30, bit get 20, 20, 20, bit get 20, 20, bit get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Great conversation so, right there with Matt Barnes. For sure. He's so good. Yeah. He's so good. And did did... Has he told that story before where the, the ball fake messing with Kobe is what got Kobe interested in I, I had having him come before, over to the Lakers yeah. as a free agent? Well, I was telling Matt after the interview, back in last time he was here, I think was 18, mm-hmm. in the green room when I used to do the interviews back there, and I chopped this up and posted it. He gave me the whole story about how he was like, 
as he said, Kobe was on his Kobe S that day. And he goes, I was just getting frustrated. So I jammed the ball at him and he didn't flinch. And he was just like, I'd never seen anybody not flinch like that mm-hmm. before. And that, that kind of brought them together. Good stuff. If you missed it, stay tuned. We're, we're re-airing right away here on the on the Roku channel. And then there's the uh, YouTube page, um, as well as our Rich Eisen Show collection page, our video on demand also, service. Also, Rich, sorry, mm-hmm. what, what Matt said about Kobe and Matt's kids. You know, Matt was very active on social media. And, like, he, his twin sons, he'd always have videos. Kobe would literally send them, send the teams. I love it. Boxes of, and these kids would just, of course, lose their yeah, mind. And it was just so cool to see, like him looking out for these kids. And man, just I such know. a shame he's gone. No man. question. The Miami Dolphins spoke to the media today. Um, the general manager of the Dolphins, Chris Greer, spoke um, in prior to the draft and um, had this to say about Tua Tungo Vailoa being the quarterback of the Miami Dolphins. Because again, you know, we're talking about Burrow needing a new deal. We're talking about Herbert getting a new deal. Well, Tua's in the same draft class. Hertz has already gotten his. Uh, the question is, though, is is Tua's health and and whether the Dolphins are concerned about how healthy he can be and whether they want to put a lot of financial eggs in that basket. Here's what Chris Greer had to say about Tua. Yeah, I mean, we've had a lot of uh, internal discussions um, between you know uh, Mike, Marvin, Brandon, um, Steve. Uh, Tom Garfinkel as well. So um, all options are on the table, like I said then. But, you know, for us, um, we decided that for us, and uh, we always hope Tua will be here uh, successful long-term with us. Um, and at the end of the day, we made this decision uh, and decided to move forward in the offseason to get going. So they made that decision. We're going to go forward with Tua, and maybe the options on the table. By the way, Stephen is uh, Ross, the, the owner, and Mike head coach who was the one as soon as he was hired called remember they FaceTime to us said let's go to work mm-hmm. and then they went to work and we saw how Tua looked when healthy this year just spectacular with Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle and the rest of that offense that we're assumed is just only going to get better so as long as he's healthy and I'll tell you what at the combine that's all I heard was what I told you number one rumor I heard at the combine is that Brady is not going to sign a contract with the Bucks or the Patriots as a one-dayer or whatever because he does want to keep his options open because that's what he does professionally. He's an, uh, a professional option keeper opener, whatever. <laughs> and, um, and, and even though he says he's retired and, you know, he's retired and you could see his, his interests that he has that out there on his uh, Instagram feed, you know, he's got his new T-shirt right that is out and he's he's tweeting he's he's talking about his businesses and he's hanging with his kids and he's now a cat person who knew (laughs) maybe he's always been one i don't know but him and keith uh, and but the question yeah right the the question is is what i was always hearing is the the team to keep an eye on is miami he's he's right there and uh that's if tua can't answer the call and and uh, per- perhaps part of the reason why I was hearing all this stuff, keep an eye on Miami, isn't like the belief in Tua being the guy, clearly. It's that maybe Tua was thinking of stepping away, which he confirmed today when he showed up to the podium himself. Yeah, I, I think I, I considered it, um, you know, for for a time, 
um, having sat down with my family, um, having sat down with my wife and having those kind of kind of conversations. But uh, really, it it would be hard for me to, to, to walk away from from this game with with how old I am with I mean, with my my son. I I always dreamed of growing, you know, playing as long as I could to where my son knew exactly what, you know, he was watching his his dad do. And um yeah, I mean, it it's it's my health, it's my body, it, you know, and I I feel like this is what's best for me and 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 my family. So, I mean, I I love the game of football. You know, if I didn't, I would have quit a long time. God, I love that guy. And I'll, I'll just tell you, you know, he also talked about how he did, in fact, you, you read about it, you heard about it, take jujitsu lesson, lessons to learn how to fall better. Um, and I know folks will probably make fun of that, but that's serious business. And I, I, I totally get this. He's probably walking around right now feeling fine, feeling great. And him sitting there going out of love of the game, teammates, and his dream, always thinking, you know what, I'll play for a long time when I get to the NFL. Have a family, and they'll watch me be dad, the football player. And, you know, obviously there's more to being a dad, being around for your kids and being healthy. That's most important as well. Yeah. But he also, I totally get it. He feels fine. He doesn't want to give up on that dream. He doesn't want to give up his love of football at his age. So he's going to try it. And I will just say, boy, am I hoping that the lessons on how better to fall or his decision-making process can help him avoid hits and he'll be more cognizant in the moment of taking the hits. I hope it works out. He is good people. And, man, he's good when he's healthy and with this coach and this team. We saw what that offense yeah. could do last year when he was healthy. 30-plus points a game, explosive, high-powered. And as you know, I love the salty Tua. <laughs> Show up salty, but come out healthy, and uh, that'll be great. That'll be great. If um, Rodgers joins this division, as we all expect, on and cracking, let's go. Because against the Green Bay Packers, as you know, that was to his last game of the year, and his first half looked great, and then he got hurt, and then that second half, not so much, and that was the end of his year. And um, that, if I'm not mistaken, could turn out to be Aaron Rodgers' last win as a Packer. How about that? So, wishing you all the best, Tua. Yeah, definitely. That'll wrap up this edition of the Rich Eisen Show. Fun with Matt Barnes. Fun with Tyree Wilson and Bucky Brooks. Joel Klatt, who will be with me on the set in Kansas City a week from Thursday, will be on this next edition of the Rich Eisen Show in studio this coming Thursday. We'll chat then.